This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon members. If you want to support the Geek Therapy Network and learn more about our exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm Josue Cardona with Lara Taylor. Hey! And Lauren Keller. Hey, hey! Ali's out this week. We're going to be talking about Stan Lee. But first, community catch-up. On the network side, we have... Whew, man, the network's been busy. Okay, so we've got a brand new Here Comes a Thought, which is Ooh. our Steven Universe show. We have a new episode of Starship Therapies. And yeah. This one's about uh, Die Hard and Christmas. <laughs> Lauren uh, is pumped about all these things. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 New episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Goblin Lore has part three of their interview with Titus Lunter, who is an artist on uh, Magic the Gathering Cards. Superhero Therapy did an episode on the crimes of Grindelwald. You're late. We did it last week. And <laughs> we were late. <laughs> we were late, yeah. Um, and Hero Nation has a, a brand new episode on Native American superheroes. Woo! Super exciting. We've been busy this mm-hmm. week. And on the community side, uh, I think the Facebook group has been really active. Lots of people posting uh, new things. And oh, we're at, although we're at five ninety nine right now, uh-huh. I ju- I just made the six hundred celebration GIF. So over the weekend, we'll definitely uh, <laughs> hit six hundred. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. We could we could by the time we're done recording. You never know. Maybe check before we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for today's topic, I wanted to talk about Stan Lee with you all. He died a couple weeks ago, and I kind of wanted to celebrate some of the things that that, uh, he's done. Uh, He's a super important person to a lot of people. I didn't feel sadness when he died. I felt like every time I think about Stan Lee, I think, man, like he... He lived it up like he was still doing amazing things into his 90s. And sometimes I think about like, man, I don't want to get old. I don't want to be sick and, and, and not be able to do stuff. But like, sure, up towards the end, his health wasn't great. But he he did so much. You know, it was mm-hmm. like such a full life. And he got he to was do... still making movie cameos probably up until the day he died. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen the the final cameos that he made. We know that there's still a few more that he that that'll come out, and I'm sure they they 3D scanned him, and they'll like and recorded his voice, like all oh, the yeah. possible words. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, they're gonna like CG Tarkin him into a whole bunch of stuff. I'm sure of it, and and so we, <laughs> we ha- definitely haven't seen uh, the the last of of Stanley, and I know he's a big deal to people in the community as well. So I've been thinking about him, obviously after he died, a lot, and I've been learning a lot about him. So. I want to start by sharing the fact that it was about 10 years ago when I started seeing clients as a, as a counselor and very, very early on when I was doing the geek therapy thing, I, I learned that for a lot of people, like we, we care about these characters a lot and we see ourselves in them a lot. But one thing that I didn't expect early on was that to a lot of people, the creators are also incredibly important. And sometimes their stories are very meaningful and and just as important and for some people more important than than the characters. And I didn't think about it that way. Like I didn't think about who made the stuff that I was watching. I didn't think about their stories. And that's something that happened very, very early on. And obviously Stan Lee is one of those huge names that so many people recognize and so many people associate with Marvel. So I know I know again, just because the the stories 
that are associated with him are so important and the the characters they resonate with so many people that alone makes him resonate with people but for me it's mostly like his story the fact that he was an assistant at a very small comics publisher and then eventually he got to run the comics department and got to create characters and did so much writing and and just you know created all this stuff and became Stan Lee when i think about him even now that he's died i still smile i still like it cheers me up and it also makes me hopeful for my own elder <laughs> period I feel old now, but I know I'm going to be much older. <laughs> you don't feel right? that old. <laughs> I don't feel that old, but at least I feel better about getting older. And that's honestly thanks to him because I don't have very many like old people in my life who who I can say like, okay, you know, it won't be so bad. You know, I'm thinking like 70, I'm, I'm done. But no, <laughs> he had like another 20 years on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's bittersweet. Like he lived a full life, like you said. And we're going to get all these CGI movie cameos, whatever. But thinking about the fact that Stan Lee is not there anymore to... Like, he, he is, but he isn't. Like, we have all these experiences and clips of him talking about working in comics and clips of his passion and snippets of his passion of working in comics. And there's... Stanley action figures and Stanley books about Stanley and graphic novels about Stanley and all kinds of things, but there will be no new anything from Stanley. And he is a big influence on a lot of the people in the comics community. When he died through my wife, I have uh, friends from all parts of the comics community and seeing their posts and their tributes to him was moving. A lot of them worked with him personally. He was a mentor to some, like, directly, and others just, like, an inspiration. And seeing post after post out of heart of heartwarming story about how Stan gave them a shot and they were able to continue working in comics. Or, like, they believed in themselves because he saw something they drew at, a, at their table at Comic-Con and was like, this is really good. It is really moving to see all of that. And then realize that, I mean, he can still be an inspiration to people in the future and, and future generations, but um, there's something about knowing that he's not there to be there at a convention or or see him somewhere and have him be like, Excelsior! <laughs> so I I was a little sad. More so than than you you were sad, Josue, but Well he was like he was ninety five yeah. when he died, right? So I mean how much more could he do? You know? That's kind of not, I think not much. That, that's <laughs> the thing. Like let's let's just keep him frozen, like right now. But like I'm saying, like it it's sad in general that like f- from now on that that's not gonna be a thing. Yeah, Stanley no, it's sad. But it's also awesome that he did all the awesome things he's done. Pretty much almost up until the day he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kept doing it. I know. It's a loss. I understand that. But I'm just saying, you know. But you can celebrate the cool things he did and. Yeah. 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 All the, all the, all the accomplishments. That's, I mean, I feel like, let's see, he's 95 and in, su- in 60 years, I'm never going to touch like half of what he did. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. 60 years on top of us now. On top of us now, yeah. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Man, that's a lot of time. <laughs> so we don't feel as old now, right? Yeah. You can you can do some leveling up in your 30s and, and catch up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, God, I feel even older. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, we, we don't usually talk a lot about uh, comic books or, or Marvel movies or, or anything like that um, with you. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about all this and hearing us talk about him? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not as much of a, a Marvel comics person, and and Stanley didn't have a lot of the uh, emotional impact for me. Um, but of course, like he is a huge name. I mean, he he is Marvel. Getting to see the way that people respond to the death of somebody who has that kind of widespread impact on on our culture. And, and, and like, not just, like, high impact, but, like, spread out across decades. This dude's been big name for, for 60 years, like you guys said. like, Stanley's hot shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting to me to get to see the way that people mourn and grieve a death like that, um, particularly getting to see that stuff online since it's uh, a relatively new medium through which we express grief and and mourning. And so, uh, like you said, Laura, like getting to see artists talk about how um, they were influenced by him or mentored by him or uh, wanted to be him um, and seeing how the things that he did and said really shaped people's lives and, and people's dreams um, I think that's that's really interesting and beautiful. And of course, he's a human being, so he is not perfect. And there's um, always going to be some some shadows to a human life. But um, I think it's really beautiful to get to see people expressing that that sort of intimate inside stuff that we don't normally get to see and have them talk about how they feel about getting to experience his life when he was alive and dealing with his death now that he's gone. Do you have any examples of something that really jumped out at you? Just getting to see a lot of people. uh, I I follow a lot more indie comics uh, artists and writers than I do um, like the bigger name Marvel and DC people, but uh, getting to see them talk about how, you know, seeing him at Comic-Con was like a really informative moment for their life or, um, getting up the courage enough to show to show Stanley a sketch at like a a book signing or whatever, and having him respond like positively towards that as being like th- them using that as motivation to continue on their own pursuits. Because it's like, well, if Stan Lee believes in me, <laughs> like I can do this, mm-hmm. and using that to fuel their own their own, own dreams and passions. And I think that's that's really precious. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, amazing stories. And and like I've been doing research and looking at things. I'm, I'm going to touch on this uh topic a lot. Like I'm so we're in our 30s. So <coughs> you're almost you're almost there. You're, you're almost you're like, there. You're almost I don't there. got 21 so days. <laughs> That's nothing. That's nothing. It's coming. It's coming up fast, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome to the dark side. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for the majority of of his life and his career, we like we were probably too small or too young to appreciate it. I know that now I'm seeing footage of him. Like, it's so funny. I'd never seen him young. Never, <laughs> never. Until I don't this think week. that he was young. <laughs> I never saw him 
with anything other than gray or or like silver hair, right? Like yeah, it was yeah. it was like I think the youngest I've seen him is something you shared in the Slack, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. still had some gray hair. Yeah, and that was in the seventies, <laughs> I think. Which is he was a silver incredible, fox. yeah, yeah. But it was so funny. Like he he looked so different. It was a, it was a completely different person. I I'd never seen that version of him. To me, he's always been like a like this grandfather figure, right? He's always been old, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. As as long as I've been alive. So it was I don't know. It's been amazing to to see uh, all this old footage and and right like he wasn't a movie star. So it's not like oh you know you ever seen that old movie with him? Like you know. His comic books are like he signed his name in them, right? You yeah. can't see who he is. I think the earliest, I guess, memory of Stanley that I have is I think there was a Fantastic Four cartoon in the nineties, and at the beginning of every episode, uh, Stanley would uh, an animated like cartoon version of Stanley would pop out of the corner and explain something about the world. So it's like you would arrive in a new world, and then he would say something like. Oh, um, in the Marvel Universe, we have a device called the whatever that allows us all to understand each other and the same language. So now you can understand them, too. And then it would just disappear. <laughs> it would be like this <laughs> pop-up right, uh, thing. And that's the first time like I remember seeing him. And when the first Spider-Man came out, we were – what was that? That was – that was 18 years ago. That was like right at the end of high school, beginning of college for me. Yeah. 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 So our the first movie cameo that he made was... He was still were... old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to, to me, this has been uh, a lot of fun to like revisit all of these things um, that he... All, all these appearances and, and, and young Stan Lee kind of like getting to know him now. Like all the stuff that I liked about him now, he's been doing again for sixty years. It was it was incredible. <laughs> That's kind of my my earliest memory. Do you have any favorite or, or early or earliest memories uh, of Stanley that you've thought about in the past weeks? Honestly, the earliest memories of Stanley are going to be like those cameos from like Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, every time I see him in a movie, it's it's the best cameo ever. Like it's hilarious. The it's- man cracks me up. Um, and it's such a part of the of the of the experience, right? Of mm-hmm. going to see a Marvel you're, you're movie. waiting for where he's gonna pop up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think some of my favorites were uh, Deadpool uh, cameos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have that much like me- memory. Like I got into s- comics. Like I w- I've always kind of been into comics on the periphery, but I didn't get into comics like seriously until i met my wife so that was only like i'm gonna get this wrong and i'm gonna be in trouble don't do it just just walk away yeah (laughs) years ago (laughs) (laughs) uh i can do math it was uh we met seven years ago and okay you sticking with that i'm gonna say met and not even talk about how long we've been together um good (laughs) but that is that's about when I started getting into comics and she's more of a DC person. I've always been I've always been a, a more of a Marvel person. I think I like the universe that has been built and part of that is Stanley. I mean, obviously he's not he hasn't been in the day-to-day on co- in the comics industry uh for a very long time, but um he built a world where you have Spider-Man throwing out quips everywhere. And it was very, I don't know, just fun. 
I've been reading some uh, Silver Surfer from the late 80s, early 90s recently, which it's it's always like Stanley presents Silver Surfer, uh, but it was written by someone else. Uh, but there's that feel to it, and you, and you know he was somewhere there, so he's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy, <laughs> making good stuff happen. <laughs> My favorite thing about Stanley is that his name is Stanley Lieber. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a good name. It's a solid name. Solid name. And then he shortened it to Stanley. Yeah, because it's Stan- Stanley Lieber. So mm-hmm. it's just Stanley. Stanley. It's perfect. I love it. According to the autobiography I was just reading earlier today, uh, <laughs> he, they asked him to, I think Jack Kirby asked him to write a Captain America story very quickly. And he had never written a comic book or anything like that before. He had written other things, but he hadn't written anything regarding comics. So he wrote the story and then he he just decided to put that to, to use a pen name. That's what he used that day, and he stuck with it. He eventually changed it legally too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a pretty it's a, it's a pretty cool story, and, and it's gotten me thinking a lot about how like that type of upward mobility isn't around anymore. <laughs> like if you start, that's <laughs> that's that's kind of hard, and uh, unfortunately, and so those stories I think are, are very inspirational because they're they're more rare than than they should be. I just wanted to again, like, take a moment to uh, talk a little bit about about Stanley. Again, he's he's meant he's meant a lot to to me and my family in the sense that like the characters that cre- he created and the worlds that he helped promote to get to where they are now are how I connected with my parents and how I've connected with my niece and nephew. You know, like I've talked about her Avengers <laughs> birthday parties and things like that. Like it's just been a big part of my family. So to have and, and I mean it's a big part of the geek therapy too so to have and actually within the geek, whole geek therapy thing like so many clients that used his characters marvel characters to reach some sort of understanding about themselves or the people around them I mean it was it was a lot and because of the nature of the job um, when you're when you're working with clients or when you're working with students they're into the things that are the most popular for the for the most part and marvel has been without a doubt the most popular superhero stories in the last again 20 years because of the movies because of the tv shows and so i've talked to a lot of people about marvel over the years and it's been uh it's been incredible and in the gt network a few of the shows have also done like smaller tributes in different ways so if you listen to any of those shows, you'll also uh, hear some some Stanley celebration in uh, in some of those. All right. So, Lara, you said Stanley was a good guy. So hmm. I want to go into that segment that still doesn't have a name where we talk about like. <laughs> That's a good segue into the segment that doesn't have a name. The segue zone. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, well <laughs> one day we'll come up with a, a good name. Or what I want to do is tie the the main topic that we have with some kind of do-goodery. And what I found regarding Stanley is actually there's actually a lot of stuff. It's uh it's it's uh geek therapy praxis. We've got good praxis, good acts. On the philanthropy side, there is the Stanley Foundation, which is an organization that aims to improve literacy in, throughout the United States. 
So they contribute a lot of comic books to help people get started reading because they're they're stories that are, uh, you know, more fun to read than maybe some other stuff that you might have available. And he didn't like run the foundation, but he was definitely the face of it. And he did a lot of stuff to to help promote it. And um, Lara, you shared a uh, you shared an article about mm-hmm. how Stan Lee was always fighting racism mm-hmm. and. That article was was uh, that article was kind of amazing. I'm gonna put that in the show notes because it was it was great to see that um, in the comics they used to have this thing called Stanley's Soapbox. Yeah, yeah, it was the something bulletins, right? Where it was like, and then St- when Stanley was there, it was it was Stanley's Soapbox, and he it was like in like an editorial page, right? Like a, like an op ed. Mm-hmm. So you would put them in the comic books. I believe there's a whole book that collects them that collects them all. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. Know. And there's a few where he specifically uh, called out racism. And there's one in that article that you mentioned. In 1968, uh, in the the soapbox, uh, this is a quote from that. He said, racism and bigotry are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. Um, Mm -hmm. He helped introduce Black Panther. He helped introduce uh, Luke Cage. I believe he he co-created Black Panther and he helped promote like he would help introduce these other characters. And this was just a topic that he was always talking about. And this was again, this was in 1968. And I heard him saying the same stuff again, old Stan Lee, (laughs) the one that I know (laughs) in appearances and in interviews. Well, and even more recently, um, he when Comicsgate started, he and there was a bunch of backlash against Marvel for having more diversity in their comics and that it was ruining the industry and that it was causing Marvel comics to lose sales. Stan Lee made a video and posted it online. It was like, stop it. That's not why. And like explained like bigotry and racism is no, has no place in comics. And I, I believe that he also had a response to, the whole thing with people making fun of the female uh, Marvel staff members with the milkshakes and uh, it was a it was a whole thing, um, but I think he took a stand there too. Um, he was all about equality and um, making sure that people had their fair shake. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he seemed to be always um, sharing a message of positivity, a message of love. Um, and another soapbox from the 1960s, there was a quote that said, um, speaking like on behalf of Marvel, he said, For many years we've been trying in our bumbling way to illustrate that love is a far greater force, a far greater power than hate. And, you know, what he's talking about is like, this is what we're trying to show our characters doing, that our characters you know, our, our heroes and that there's a a good way to do things. And I think that, you know, if, if, if you're, if that's your design philosophy, right, going into it and, and people are getting that, then that means that a lot of people maybe learned, right. Uh, The the very least had an, an image of positivity, an image of, uh, of, or an example of people doing good in the world or being good to other people. And I just found tons and tons of uh, quotes from him like that. So, I think I think you put a lot of good out there in the world, and we still don't have a segment a name for the segment. But that is the end of this segment. <laughs> um, so we're gonna take a break, and then we'll be back with Media Matters. If you haven't heard, Geek Therapy is on Patreon. 
Patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators. Members support this podcast and the entire Geek Therapy Network, plus they gain access to exclusive and behind-the-scenes content, including our monthly GT book club. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a member at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Again, to support Geek Therapy directly and become a member with access to exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. All right, and we're back. Let's do, let's do a Media Matters segment. Um, all the stuff I brought is inspired by what I've been thinking about um, with, with Stanley, but I'm going to turn it over to, to both of you first. Lauren, did you bring anything from Media Matters? Specifically related to Stanley? No, 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 no. In general, in general, I brought, I brought something specifically related. Okay. I mean, uh, very, very, it's tangentially related. <laughs> okay. Then tangentially related to the conversation that we've been having, uh, but not Stanley. Uh, Stephen Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob, also just died. And so, um, again, a lot of the conversations around his passing and people um, mourning and, and, and sharing their feelings and their experiences with him and, and how his life and his death impacted them is like, it was really, really powerful. Um, and that's another, another, uh, powerhouse in animated adjacent things <laughs> cartoons and comics are not the same but they are uh, all awesome and that's the stance i'm taking so uh but yeah yeah it was um it was another another uh touching expression of of people talking about an artist who really impacted their their lives and their own art and that was that was really meaningful to see laura i've been catching up on a couple of things. I've been catching up on Modern Family, and there was an episode recently where Cameron is coaching his football team and gets in trouble for yelling some really sexist and uh, misogynistic things like, um, what is it? Are your training bras on too tight? And all that stuff um, at, at, his, at the high school football team. And so... He has to go through, like, sensitivity training or something. Well, he gets help from some of his younger family members and their college friends. And they bring up uh, pronouns on network television. I know we've talked about pronouns being... On Showtime. Uh, on, on, like, Showtime, <laughs> on Shameless. But this is the first time I've seen them bring up pronouns and explaining like they them pronouns like on network television and that's pretty cool i was really excited about that and then the other thing that i brought up that i have um i was watching snl and i texted you about it Josue. yes so pete davidson made a pretty derogatory comment towards uh, he was making fun of a lot of Republican candidates one week, and he said something about a candidate that was a uh, a veteran and had lost an eye in a war, um, and it wasn't a very nice comment. And he got a lot of backlash, um, and it was interesting to see the next, the following week, he owned up to it, apologized. Um, they brought the guy onto the show, and. He roasted him. He roasted him. It was so funny. <laughs> and and Pete Davidson sat there and took it and accepted it. And he was like, okay, I, I can take this. And it was a nice little coming together. And it was it was really powerful. I, I'll just say that. 
Yeah, we've been talking offline about Supergirl and how it's like how politically charged this season is to the point where I can't like I can't I can't I can't watch it almost. And I still and I still love it. And I'm still <laughs> swooning over Alex Danvers every week. <laughs> oh god, but, her hair. <laughs> but the, but the reason why uh, it's hard for me to watch it is because I don't see. I don't see a solution. I don't see how yeah. this particular show is going to um, bring up a solution that I'm going to be satisfied with, meaning that everybody is going to be heard and there's going to be some sort of understanding. That may be true, you know, but then and that's when you brought up the the Pete Davidson thing, right, where the candidate came and like they actually like they had a, a moment together. Right? They they shook hands and yeah, were smiling yeah. at each other and he, they were making and, jokes, you know. And the, and the candidate even said like the thing is the the great thing is that we can both sit here and come together and realize that we're people. Yeah. And that and that was pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like that. Um, you mentioned Modern Family. That reminds me. There's an old, very old geek therapy blog post that I wrote called TV Therapy. It specifically called out an episode of Modern Family where Mitch was talking to Cam about how much Spider-Man meant to him when he was a kid. I don't remember the specifics of why uh, it, it meant so much to him, but uh, how it helped him as a teenager. So that's that's, uh, that's relevant to your Stanley conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, we just watched an episode of Modern Family where um, Phil and Mitch are going to see George Lucas talk oh. <laughs> about Empire Strikes Back and watch Empire Strikes Back and there's this whole thing where uh, Mitch kind of blows it off at one point and um, Phil is upset because he feels like this is that they, they it's not about Star Wars he says it's not about Star Wars to me it's about being close to you and that we bonded over this like love of Star Wars and this geekiness um, mm. and I thought that was really cool and definitely poignant yeah yeah. yeah. So the examples that I brought, uh, one I've mentioned before, which is the show on Netflix, uh, Grace and Frankie, which is, um, I mean, I guess you could say Golden Girls too, right? This uh, <laughs> show, shows where where older people are the stars of the show, and they're 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 funny and they're witty and they're having they're just living their lives, right? And they're they're the protagonists. They're not a side character. They're not ailing all the time, right? They are they are the main attraction, and I think. I think that's that's important. And Grace and Frankie is uh, is really funny, and I really like them. <laughs> I really like uh, Jane Fan- Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin in those roles. And they are again, they are. I forget how old they are on the show, but I think Jane Fonda is. Well, she's in her late seventies at least. I heard the number recently, and I was kind of shocked. She looks amazing. Uh, another example again. These these all have to do with being elderly. <laughs> this is this is the, uh, my inspiration. Uh, Pokemon, let's go. So I'm playing Pokemon, and as you're as you're going through the world, there are uh, trainers and people. That, there are NPCs all over the place, and honestly, there are maybe ten different character models throughout the entire world. So many of them are repeated. Sometimes in the same area, you see them repeated, but there's a few that are older gentlemen white hair white white mustache and they are like some of them are sitting around some of them are uh like in office buildings some of them are pokemon trainers so you actually get to fight against these older men and i don't know i just think it's cool that they have like different age groups represented throughout the entire game and uh, taking on different roles hell yeah age representation matters that's what i'm talking about 
And then the last one is a shout out to Red Dead Redemption and <laughs> and other games that have character creators that let you create an older character. So in Red Dead Redemption in particular, when you start the Red Dead Online, did you start, Lara? Not online, not yet, but I will. So when you start you your character creator, mine defaulted the the original age was thirty five. I don't know if like it knows that about me or if it just or if that's probably watch it has your birthday and something maybe maybe but we'll my, see what happens my guess is that that's just like a, a nice neutral number it's also pr- probably the average age of gamers right now it's, it's been around that number for for the past couple of years so but it starts at 35 but you can bring it all the way up to 60 i believe it's 60 i don't think it goes up above 60 but you can you know so your character can can be a 60 year old person i didn't go in the other direction i don't know why i, I didn't was it in the mood <laughs> and, and that makes sense i mean the age expectancy back then probably wasn't more than 60 that is a good point probably <laughs> and i like it when when character creators let you let you do different ages right and i can't i can't really think of anyone that like makes you like allows you to be like a small child could you imagine being a baby Exactly, exactly. Just a toddler. (laughs) And you ride a pony. And you have a cork gun. Uh, so like I'm, I'm thinking okay for for me I don't know why for the past couple years I've been trying to make characters that look older. Again I feel old maybe that's why Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. To work out your fear of growing old? Yeah yeah it's like no I can slay dragons when I'm when I'm old and gray. That's motivation. But a lot of older people play also and I'm again, we're we're in our 30s. And so it's like, you know, sometimes you don't want to do, you know, you don't want to do things like like the younger people. And of course, that's going to continue to be the case. And there are a lot of people who are older who might want to create a character that looks like them. And we we've talked about this in terms of gender. We've talked about this in terms of um, skin color. And then I think it's important to be able to do that age wise, too. And I don't know how many people who were in their 60s were complaining that they couldn't have a character that had some wrinkles or had gray hair or, or, or look like them, but I'm I'm glad it's there. I'm very very happy to see that. Have you seen the video of the gamer grandma that plays Skyrim? I've seen a lot of gamer it, grandmas. Gamer grandma that plays Skyrim, and she loves to pick the flowers. <laughs> and um, I can't. There was something else she likes to do, but then there's she's like. You can hear her like almost, I think she's cursing, yelling because she's trying to get this dragon. She's like, yeah, got him. It's the cutest <laughs> video. Um, and I wish she was my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my mom's 65 and she looks amazing and she plays video games a lot. This and gamer grandma was like 80. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen a lot of videos mm-hmm. of, of people like that. But like, I don't know, like I, I, for a long time I was afraid like at 65, you know, what will I be able to do? My mom's doing fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So is my dad. Uh, They're so. both kicking your ass at Emoji Blitz. By so, a lot. <laughs> so much. So, so much. It's embarrassing. It's not fair. It I'm is embarrassing. for you. <laughs> you should be. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be. <laughs> all right. So that's all I got for Media Matters. Anything else? All right. So then before we wrap up, let's do our geek therapy segment. Geek Therapy is where every week we talk about something in the past week that made us feel really good or helped us get through something. It could be a piece of media. It could be, could be whatever. It doesn't matter. Lauren doesn't follow the rules. She just says whatever she wants. So, yeah. so there are no rules. 
Rules are for chumps. Yeah, what'd you bring this week, Lauren? <laughs> it's more like guidelines. <laughs> I I watched four movies over the last two days. <laughs> yes, I was procrastinating finishing my final paper. Yes, I did actually finish my p- final paper, so haha, take that. Just but, in time um, to get to you, celebrate Hanukkah in peace. Hell yeah. Did you shower? Did you have personal um, hygiene? Did you eat? Did you sleep? Yes. These these geek therapy segments have, these geek therapy segments have become me checking like, in on me checking that's, in that's on you good. just making that's sure important. yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah 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 I, I took care of my human body fairly well um, okay cool uh, but uh, I watched okay um, I watched Venom and Upgrade and I watched them back to back it was fantastic that was such a good combo of movies to watch there um, there's a lot of overlap in the um, plot and storytelling. I love those, Upgrade, by the way. I love it so movies. much. It's, it's so great. Venom um, was a lot of fun. Venom was so much fun. I haven't seen it. Oh, oh. it's it's very fun. and um, Buddy cop. Very buddy cop fun movie. <laughs> that, that's certainly a way to read it. I read it a lot gayer, but that's just yeah, because I yeah. desperately wanted Eddie and Venom to smooch, which kind of came true. But, um, you know, well, there's I hopes feel like for the they're, sequels. They're, 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 to, they're together in another way that is super... So intimate. intimate. So intimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then up- Upgrade was uh, very similar, but went more of the horror route, which is, of course, totally my jam. I really enjoyed that. And then uh, yesterday I watched Sorry to Bother You, which was so good, you guys. Yeah. And I highly recommend not – don't look up anything about it. Mm-hmm. Go go in unknowledgeable, uninformed, be surprised. It was, like, seriously – I don't know. It was probably a, a minute and a half until the the title card, and at by then I'd already come up with like three or four possibilities of what this movie was trying to be. Not even close. Not even close at all. It was amazing and surprised me so much. I loved it. And then uh, later yesterday evening, I watched the new Halloween movie, and that was really cool. And I uh, speaking of of older people representation. Jamie Lee um, Curtis. Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis is so hot. Goddamn. <laughs> um, it was great. I was. Re- it was a really fun movie. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then also, I've been working my way through The Evil Wit Within Two, which is pretty enjoyable so far. I'm not super far, so uh, I'm sure I'll talk about it some more. But. Uh, Silent Hill vibes or no? The beginning has a ton of Silent Hill vibes in the best ways. Now now that I've like sort of gotten more into the gameplay stuff, it it plays more like um I guess Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. which hmm. I'm not as excited about. I I want to be scared of the monsters not blasting them in the face all day. But um but anyways, I I'm still enjoying it so far. I'm really interested to see how it continues to develop. See if it pulls off all of the Silent Hill goodness that it's referencing. Laura? My geek therapy for the week is like a continuation from last week. Because last week it was Black Friday. And (laughs) I got my PSVR. Woo! And I got to play some VR with Josue this week. (laughs) That was amazing. It was so fun. It was amazing. (laughs) We played Bridge Crew. Many people died. Killed a lot of people. (laughs) And we got a lot of people killed. Yeah, we let a lot of people die. We didn't really kill anybody. We blew up like five ships in a row. <laughs> what are you talking about? I got a oh trophy for blowing up five ships. <laughs> not not our ships, but like the Romulans. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun to be able to like 
look around the room and see Josue like waving his hands in the air and like it was great and like he's peeking over my shoulder he's like oh I can see the maps you're looking at and like it was it was cool it was incredible it was it was was, so awesome yeah um and in that same vein Cyber Monday was even cooler because Think Geek had a sale whoo the sale to end all sales it was 50% off everything on their website and I bought a lot of shit (laughs) oh boy I bought a lot of shit it was their their sale was so huge that their email servers crashed and are slowly matching up to catching up to the the emails, the the confirmation emails. I still haven't gotten my confirmation email, but I look on the website and my order's in, and they emailed me and apologized, and it's like, sorry, you guys crashed our servers because you wanted all our stuff. So um, I am digging all the sales that have been going on and all the awesome fun times that I'm, I have had and I'm going to have with the stuff that I got. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, I I was like, nah, you know, Black Friday, it's the deals aren't that good. But now, like, there's no way to deny it. Like, the, the mm-hmm. some some of these deals are ridiculous. Last it's, year, I I usually don't do Black Friday, and last year was the first year I really did, and I got a TV, and heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely uh, playing Bridge Crew with you was a highlight. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I've been thinking a lot about and oh, I'm loving it so much is uh, so DC started this DC Universe service, right? So they have their own thing. And I'm not saying go get DC Universe. It's another expense per month. I mean, actually, it has tons of great stuff. But the only new thing that it has is a new show called Titans. Now, this show is so, so good that the wait from week to week is painful. And I saw an article earlier today that said that it that it's the best DC TV show and I completely agree. I mean, at first I was like this is like this is like uh house of cards level good. Like the first show that Netflix made itself was, you know, was of high quality, but and at first I was like it's it's that good. But no, now I'm like this is like Game of Thrones good compared to all the other DC shows. And all the other Marvel shows, to be honest. I think it is that good. And the thing that I love the most about it is that if if you're a big comic book person, when you're watching these movies and these TV shows, something that I can't get away from is that they've they create these bubbles where not all of the rules or all of the, the things from the comics apply. So like in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, you 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 only have Batman. Nobody else exists, right? There's no other heroes. There's no other bigger world. There's no superpowers. And in the DC and the CW shows, it's kind of the same thing, right? It's like that they, they slowly started growing and now you get all sorts of characters. But there's some things that you just can't do or won't see ever. And in Marvel movies, it's the same way. In the Marvel movies, it's even more frustrating because they say it's all connected, but then you can't have Deadpool. You can't have the X-Men. And then like, they don't even mention other things. In Titans... Holy shit. It is not just fan service in the sense that like oh you know like Batman's over there and 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 we're we we know that Wonder Woman exists like we're acknowledging her from now and you have all these characters from every corner. It is just I am enjoying it so so much and it is the first show in probably years 
other than Game of Thrones, where it is painful for me to wait from one week to the next for the next episode. Like, <laughs> like I am, like I can't stop thinking about this show. It is, it is so good. I'm loving it so, 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 so much, and it's got me. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really good. I need more people to talk to about uh, Titans on DC Universe. It is so good. It's that good. You haven't convinced me to get it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It's okay. I'm saying I, I, I gotta I, say I gotta save my money for that Disney one. I'm not again. I'm not saying go out and get us another subscription, but I, I kind of think it's worth it. I kind of think it's worth it. Ooh, so good. Or wait wait till it's done and then go watch it. It is it is so on good. my free trial. <laughs> watch it all on your free trial. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. All right. So I guess that does it for this episode of GT Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, please let us know your thoughts about everything that we talked about on the GT forum at forum.geektherapy.com or on the Discord, which you can find at geektherapy.com slash Discord. Also, even though we haven't answered it in a while, please feel free to send in questions on social media, on 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 Facebook, on Twitter, or use the question queue, which uh, is a form you can find at geektherapy.com slash QQ. You can always reach us uh, on Twitter. That's at Geek Therapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Lara is at Geek Therapist. Ali is at Ali Matu. We'd love to hear from you. Chat online. And that does it for us. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.